0: friends i just had myself a slug out the mug of iced tea (laughs) oh i should have prepared better had myself some eggnog ready for the show but well no eggnog in the refrigerator so iced tea will do for today well my goodness hello everybody i am your humble host here for another one of our very special christmas editions of sounds like radio We come here every year. We listen to some great Great Gildersleeve Christmas episodes and the greatest Christmas music you're ever gonna hear. A lot of great stuff we have for you today. We're not doing a huge giant Christmas show like we've done in the past, but it'll be fairly big and uh, it'll be fairly big with great Christmas music. And of course, another episode of the Great Gildersleeve's Christmas shows. Now, this show is from December 14th of 1949. Now, a month or two ago, we had to skip this show because, you know, we don't want to play a, a Christmas show in August or September. So we skipped it then, but we're going to play it for you now. Remember, I promised you, you'd hear it, and this is the time to hear it. And here we are from December 14th, 1949. This is kind of a special show because this would become a traditional Christmas story on the great Gildersleeve. It's all about Gildersleeve trying to find a really good present for his girlfriend, Nurse Milford. And, uh, well, he's worried about his competition. Dr. Olson, that mean old doctor intern at the hospital where Catherine Milford works as a nurse. He's worried about what he might get her for Christmas, so he figures he's got to get her something really great that'll top whatever it is Dr. Olson has in mind, and uh, well, like I say, this would be the first of a traditional Christmas program that would be done just about every year on the Great Gildersleeve. Now, this show still stars Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, but starting next year and the years beyond, it would be the Great Willard Waterman playing the Great Gildersleeve. And you know what? I like Willard Waterman's version of this story even better than Harold Perry's version. So I know, I know, you know, you may, you may disagree, but you'll find out when we play a Willard Waterman version of this story next year. Well, we're going to do the Harold Perry version, the very first time it was done, of the Christmas Chimes story. That's how I like to abbreviate the whole thing. The Christmas Chimes episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Well, let's listen to a, a little traditional Christmas music, and you know... I can't think of a better way to start a great Christmas show here on Sounds Like Radio than with Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet as they sing the great Bing Crosby song, Happy Holidays.
1: Keep ringing May your every wish Come true
2: Happy Holidays,
0: Happy Holidays, Happy Holidays to Happy Holidays, oh my, isn't that great, Steve Lawrence, and Edie Gourmet, and Happy Holidays. I was wondering where my piano music was. Oscar Peterson playing the piano, he's a little slow on the upstart, but he's here and that's all that counts. That was Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet singing a great song. The song, of course, comes from the movie Holiday Inn, which I watch every year at Christmas time. And so I think it's a perfect way to start the show. I also think of the Christmas television show that Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra made together, and they began that show. They began it by both of them singing. Happy holidays as Bing Crosby walks through the door of Frank's house and he's carrying a bunch of stuff with him, you know, gifts for Frank. And he opens the door and he he stands there proudly and sings out loudly, happy holidays. Oh, it's great. I love that special. Well anyway, that's what it brings to mind. And you know, it also brings to mind, you know, Frank Sinatra being home and at Christmas time there's no better place to be than home. You know, there ain't no place like home for the holidays. And Leon Redbone, you know, I think he agrees with that sentiment. Oh, there's no place like home
3: for the holidays. Cause no matter how far away you roll When you pine for the sunshine of a friendly gaze For the holidays you can't beat home sweet home I met a man who lives in Tennessee and he was heading for Pennsylvania and some homemade pumpkin pie From Pennsylvania folks are traveling down to Dixie, sunny shore, from Atlantic to Pacific Gee, the traffic is terrific Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays Cause no matter how far away you roam If Want to be happy in a million ways. For the holidays, you can't beat home sweet home.
0: say that again, Leon. Ain't no place like home for the holidays. That was the great Leon Redbone. I remember first seeing him on an episode of Saturday Night Live. Probably from about 1975. That was the very first time I saw Leon. He was such a fantastic, great, and unusual talent. I started buying Leon Redbone albums from the very first time I saw him. And uh, I do believe I have just about In fact, I do think I have every one of Leon Redbone's albums. They're all great. Not one of them is a bad one. And he made, fortunately for all of us, a Christmas album. And that's just one of the great songs. Ain't no place like home for the holidays. And speaking of that, there's only one reason why you'd want to be home. (laughs) Well, you know, aside from the family, of course. Uh, And that's just make sure that you're there when Santa comes. You know, when Santa rolls down that chimney... You don't want the house to be empty and him not find you sleeping in your bed so he can put the presents around the tree? No, (laughs) because Christmas time, that's when Santa Claus is coming to town. Here is the great Peggy Lee. Big fat Santa. (laughs) Well, maybe he's gone on a diet. You know, you never know. Could have been. He's been on a diet all year long, and maybe he's going to be skinny old Santa coming down that chimney. Probably make it easier for him to get around. (laughs) Uh, That was Peggy Lee. You know, friends, one of the best things I like about these Christmas shows is that all during the year, we listen to some fantastic singers here on Sounds Like Radio Great singers, classic pop singers, Bing Crosby, Peggy Lee, I mean, I could go on and on. All these great singers that we listen to all year long, every week on Sounds Like Radio. Well, the very special thing about these Christmas shows is at Christmas time, we get to hear those fantastic singers singing right here on Sounds Like Radio, but now. They're singing some great Christmas songs for you and <laughs> for little old me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't it great to hear these great singers who we listen to all year long every single week? And here they are now at Christmas time singing some very special Christmas songs for us. I love it. That's one of my favorite parts about doing these Christmas shows. Now, you know our house singer? Yeah, you know who that is, don't you? Well, uh, uh, Oh, my. My, my. Uh, I think I hear something rumbling outside. Somebody's getting fancy with their knock. Uh, uh, Come on in there. Well, well. (laughs) This is
4: Bing Crosby. Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Bing. It is so good to see you. You know, one of the best things about having our house singer be Bing Crosby is when he shows up at Christmas time. We know we're going to hear some great Christmas songs from Bing. You know, Bing, I looked over the list of songs I played in previous Christmas shows, and I cannot believe I never asked you to sing It's Christmas Time Again. One of my very favorite Bing Crosby Christmas songs. Here now, let's listen as Bing sings It's Christmas Time Again. Oh yeah, this is a goodie. Let's listen.
2: Snowflakes falling Church bells calling It's Christmas time again Fires lighted Kids excited It's Christmas time again Now Santa's sleigh Is on its way With candy canes and toys Wonderful things that Santa Claus brings To good little girls and boys Candle glow and mistletoe It's Christmas time again Stockings hung and carols sung It's Christmas time again there's a tree to trim our glasses brim with love and joy and cheer to all a merry christmas and a happy the tree to trim our glasses brim with love and joy and, joy and cheer to
0: is isn't anything better than listening to Bing sing that song. Wasn't that perfect? It's Christmas time again from our house singer, the great Bing Crosby. You know, one of our favorite guys who comes on our show, well, yeah, one of our favorite guys, we like to have him come on and I think he's here. They told me he's there and I, come on in here. Ah, there he is. I told you, our favorite old guy. Yeah, the old man of the sea. No, it ain't the old man. What do you mean, the old man? No, it's not the old man. It's Grandpa. That's right. Yeah. Oh, greetings. Are they a happy host? No, it's not happy host. It's humble host. Oh, greetings, humble host. Oh, this is my favorite time of year, too. You know, I heard you talking out there about being your favorite time. Well, that's what it is for me. Every Christmas, I just look forward to this time of year. So much where well, I can get together with the family. Uh, that is when they show up. <laughs> Sometimes I'm all by myself. Sometimes Alright, Grandpa, don't go on, don't go on. You're gonna depress me again. You you you, you tell them sad tales and you get me to tear it up. Oh, well <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> Uh, no, what do you mean, good to hear? This Christmas time, we're not supposed to be tearing up. We want to hear about them days when you get together with your family. A regular Christmas get-together. Oh, yeah. You know, i got a, a little song I can do about that. Do you? Yeah. It's called Christmas Together. It reminds me of that. You were talking about it. No, I, I just thought of it. Yeah. A Christmas together. That's a good time. Oh, I'm going to tell you about it right now. As soon as the Grandpa Singers get done singing, here goes everybody.
5: Christmas together in our family hasn't changed at all. We even start looking forward to it way back in the fall. Because even the good lords are willing, I don't care how bad the weather, Christmas is the one time of the year we all spend together. Now Mars starts a baking. I set out to find a tree. It just seems like that's the one job It's all that's left to me. Then when they all start arriving, you can just feel the spirit mount. Every year there's a few more grand young uns. <laughs> I give up trying to count. Christmas Eve after supper, we all help trim the tree. Then all the kitties gather around. There's a couple on my knee. My grandma smiles from a rocking chair. She knows I'm in my glory. And everyone wants to hear my favorite Christmas story. How angels sang of a Christ child, the news spread near and far. The three wise men who came to see were guided by our star. They found him there in the manger, asleep on a bed of hay. That's why we're all together. That's why there's a Christmas day. By this time, the little heads would start to nod. And off to bed they'd go, hoping Santa wouldn't have no trouble getting through the snow. Yeah, they'd have us up at the crack of dawn. We'd gather around the tree. <laughs> yeah, i get the usual pair of socks that grandma knits to me. No, Christmas, you know, our family hasn't changed at all. When we sit down to dinner, we offer thanks for all. Because if the good Lord's willing, I don't care how bad the weather, Christmas Day's the one time of the year we all spend together.
0: Now that's the kind of Christmas I like to hear about, Grandpa, when they all come on over to the house and all gather around. Yeah, yeah those are my favorite time kind of Christmases. You know, I've only had a few when the family don't arrive on time. Uh, I usually show up sometime or another, but yeah, my favorite ones are when all the family's there together. All right, Grandpa, you know, I love having it when you come on the show because you always tell them great stories. And a grandpa story at Christmas time. Well, it's perfect. Well, thank you, Grandpa, for showing up. And now, see that door over there? Where? Right over there. You know, the one you came in at. Oh, yeah, I can remember that. (laughs) Look at this. Nice wooden door. Yeah, well, it's time for the go, Grandpa. Time for you to say so long and season's greetings. Oh, well, well, all right, everybody. Season's greetings, everyone. <laughs> I hope to see you all again real soon. Bye. There goes Grandpa. You didn't have to slam the door, Grandpa. That's all right, though. It's a strong door. It'll, it'll last. <laughs> we friends. Speaking of lasting, the Great Gildersleeve, it's time for the Great Gildersleeve. Today's classic, what would become a traditional Great Gildersleeve Christmas story. I call it the Christmas Chime story. From December 14th, 1949. Let's listen now to the very first time this story was performed with the great Harold Perry doing the story for the first and for the last time because Harold Perry quit the show uh, after this current season. But Harold Perry did do the first of these traditional Christmas episodes. Let's listen to it now from December 14th, 1949. Here is The Great Gildersleeve. The
4: Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous cheese food, Velveeta. Everybody goes for Velveeta's rich, yet mild cheddar cheese flavor. In snacks, in sandwiches, and in hot dishes. And Velveeta, you know, helps supply important food values from milk and is as digestible as milk itself. That's why smart homemakers keep Velveeta on hand regularly to spread or slice and to melt for grand economical hot dishes. Tomorrow... Get Velveeta, the cheese food of craft quality. Well, it's a crisp, cold night in Summerfield. Here and there, a lighted Christmas tree glows warmly in a window. Holly wreaths have begun to appear. The ground is white with new snow, and it's still falling big fat flakes that cling to the porches and the trees and to the brim of the great sleeve's hat as he hurries down his front steps. Makes a cautious turn as he reaches the sidewalk and then strides gaily up the street toward Catherine Milford's house.
6: Deck the halls with boughs of holly la la la-la-la-la-la it is the season to be jolly. fa la la la. What? Wait for me. Leroy, I wouldn't run so fast. These sidewalks are slippery. Sure, I
7: can slide even.
6: Look here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good. <laughs> this is one time those big feet come in handy. <laughs> Better than skis, Leroy.
7: Where are you going,
6: Uncle? Well, I thought I'd be dropping in at Miss Milford's for a while this evening.
7: Can I walk with you? I'm going to Piggy's house. They're putting up their tree tonight. We're going to decorate
6: it. Well, good. Uh, don't stand on the furniture.
7: You going to help Miss Milford decorate her tree?
6: Well, you can never tell, Leroy. We may string a few cranberries, drape the icicles around.
7: What if Dr. Olson is there?
6: Leroy, don't you worry about Dr. Olson.
7: I'm not. But you said he was a pain in the neck. You said he was always hanging around her house when you wanted to be there.
6: Well, you weren't supposed to have heard that, but it used to be that way. How is it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suffice it to say, my boy, that your old uncle has a situation very well under control. But the fact is, I haven't seen Dr. Clarence Q. Olson in over three weeks.
7: Gee, then you're winning, aren't you, Uncle?
6: You bet I'm winning.
7: Golly, you got to be smart to be the doctor, too.
6: You said it.
7: Gee, you're my uncle. Yeah. Well, here's Piggy's house. See you later,
6: Uncle. Yeah, see you later, Leroy. Yes, sir, there's a mighty fine boy.
8: Well, Throckmorton.
6: Hello, Catherine.
8: Come on in. My, it's snowing out, isn't it?
6: Well, just a little.
8: Look at you. You have a big snowflake right in the end of your nose. I do?
6: Well... Cold nose, warm heart.
8: (laughs) 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 Let me take your coat. Uh,
6: Thank you. Well, beautiful tree, Catherine. And Christmas presents. All those for me?
8: No, but you can help me finish wrapping them.
6: Fine. A lot of presents.
8: Well, Mother and I have a lot of relatives.
6: Oh, sure.
8: Then I couldn't forget those darling children down at the hospital. Oh? There are five of them that Santa Claus may not remember.
6: Well, good for you, Catherine. Be a shame if any little kitties were forgotten on Christmas.
8: Mm. Here, put your finger on this ribbon while I tie the knot, huh? Hmm?
6: <sighs> kind of cold. <I'll> try it. <laughs> yeah.
8: Ooh,
6: well, interesting paper you're using, Catherine. Mistletoe design.
8: <laughs> Just put the package over there.
6: Eh? Well, I think I'll balance it right on top of your head.
8: Trockmorton. And you
6: know what that means, mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you
8: rushing the season a little? Well, I don't
6: know. Only nine more shopping days left.
8: You better put the package down there by the tree.
6: Oh, shucks. Say, here's a fancy looking package.
8: I think that's mother's gift to me.
6: Oh. Uh, your mother couldn't wait, eh? Let me shake this. Bet I guess what's in it.
8: Now, Throckmorton. <laughs>
6: Card fell off. Oh, dear. Well, isn't that just like your mother? To the dearest girl in the world, Clarence. Clarence!
9: <laughs>
8: Throckmorton, give me the package. That one isn't from Mother.
6: Oh, I guess not. Dr. Clarence Olson, the internee, I thought he'd given up.
8: Clarence has been on night duty at the hospital. Mm hmm. I can hardly wait to open his present. He always thinks of the most original things.
6: Well, I haven't brought you my present yet. I'm liable to think of something pretty original, too.
8: Oh? Give me a hint. Hint? Well? At the hospital, Clarence keeps teasing me about what's in this package.
6: Oh, he does, does he? Uh Huh?
8: All he'll tell me is that it starts with a K for Catherine. Isn't that clever?
6: Well, I guess there's a fine line between
8: being clever and being corny. <laughs> now, Drockmorton, he's very ingenious. <laughs> In fact, the uh, mistletoe paper was his idea.
6: It was. Well, might have been his idea, but I was the first one who thought of holding it over your head. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Uh, Coming, Bertie. Wish I knew what that fellow Olsen is giving Catherine for Christmas. I'll have to go on one better.
7: Good morning, Anki. Hi, Anki.
6: Good morning, children. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Gruel. Marjorie, what Christmas presents can you think of that starts with the letter K?
9: K?
7: Well... Well, Who's the present for, Unc? A little kid we know, spelled K-I-D...
6: Hardly, Leroy. I was thinking about something for a young lady.
10: Oh, you mean me.
6: (laughs) Well, we'll get around to you children later. There's a present under Miss Milford's tree, and it starts with a K. I'm trying to think what it is.
7: Forgot what you gave her, huh?
6: I haven't done my shopping yet, Leroy. This was from somebody else. Oh-ho. What do you mean, oh-ho?
7: Oh, it's Miss Milford's present from Dr. Olson, isn't it? Well, yes. Well, if it's from the doc, why do you want to know what it is, honk?
6: Well... I don't want to give her the same present, Leroy. I'd like to give her something a little better.
7: Well, if it starts with a K, maybe it's a Kodak, Unky.
6: Kodak? No, it's a pretty big package.
7: I know, Unky. It's a kangaroo.
6: Okay.
9: <laughs> <laughs>
6: I doubt that, Leroy. Dr. Olson isn't that ingenious?
7: Canary? Yeah.
6: No, I don't think it's alive, Leroy. As I recall, canary doesn't start with a K.
11: Like some hot coffee,
8: Mr. Gillsleeve?
6: Thank you, Bertie. It could be knick-knacks.
11: No,
8: so this is
6: coffee.
8: What? <laughs> Bertie, we're trying to think of some gift a woman would like, starting with K.
4: Oh?
6: Any ideas, Bertie? I'm getting them from everybody. And some pretty bad ones.
4: Well, if it's for a woman, maybe it's something for the kitchen. Kitchen. Well,
6: yeah, I can't think of anything for the kitchen that starts with a K. Except Kraft cheese. Yeah,
8: <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything. Maybe it's kisses, Mr. Gilleslie. Kisses? The candy type, you know. Candy kisses wrapped in paper.
9: <laughs>
6: oh, my goodness, a kitchen hillbilly. <laughs> I'd thought of giving her something starting with K for Catherine. I could give her something starting with G for Gildersleeve. Nah, that's not the same idea. Let's see. K, K, carrot. He could be giving her a diamond. He wouldn't dare. Kettle drums. (laughs) Kilts. Uh, He wouldn't give her those she looked cute and kilts, though. Yeah.
11: Well, good morning, Gilday. Well, the Honorable Judge Hooker. Good morning, Horace. You were walking along with a faraway look in your eye. Were you dreaming of a white Christmas?
9: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
6: goat, I'm trying to get an idea about a Christmas present for Miss Milford, Horace. Oh? Have you tried looking in the stores?
11: No, thanks for the idea. Not at all. But if you're going to do any shopping, Gildy, you better get busy or there won't be anything left.
6: Don't you worry, Judge. You'll get your necktie.
11: Yeah, I'm afraid so. But I didn't mean that, Gildy. It just seems that everybody I know has been Christmas shopping. I bumped into Floyd, Chief Gates, your current amour, Miss Milford. Oh? And yesterday I even ran into your arch-rival, Dr. Olson. Olson? Where did you run into him, Horace? Wayne Hogan Brothers, but why are you so excited, Gary? Ah, uh, now
6: we're getting someplace. What department was he in?
11: Well, as I recall, he was in the gift
6: shoppy. Oh, you remember who waited on Olson? What did the sales girl look like?
11: Sales girl? Well, uh, dark wavy hair, parted in the middle, black mustache, black, <laughs> black mustache. Oh no no no! I'm thinking of the floor walker. Uh, well, think a little harder, Judge. What did the sales girl look like? I've got to talk to her. Well, as I recall, she was rather tall. Oh. Or was she short? That's it. A short brunette. Good. Or was she a blonde? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Judge, come along with me and point her out. Gladly, Gildy. She was pretty, as I recall. Or was she? Yes. (laughs) Hmm.
6: Look at all those shoppers. Stay right behind me, Judge.
11: Don't you worry about me, Gildy. If I start losing ground, I'll grab you by the coattails.
6: Oh? Pardon me, miss. Madam.
11: Oop. Are you excuse me, coming through?
6: And here's the gift shop.
11: Now, where's the sales girl, Horace? There she is at the end of the counter. Oh? Are
12: you being
6: held? Not yet, miss. I'd like a little information. Yes, sir? Uh, Dr. Clarence Olson, a friend of
11: mine, was in your department yesterday and bought something. As I recall, he was carrying a little black bag, and he placed it on your counter here. I seem to remember that. Yes, he's a tall young man with blonde, wavy hair.
7: Oh, you mean the tall, handsome, blonde man.
6: Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say he's handsome. That sounds like Dr. Olson to me. Please, Horace. Miss, do you remember what he bought?
7: Well, he looked at several things.
6: He did. We're on the right track, Judge. Now I'll find out what he got for Catherine.
7: I showed him a diamond necklace like this.
6: The diamond necklace? My.
7: But he didn't buy it. Good. Then he looked at these watches. Hmm. Platinum. But he didn't buy one.
6: <laughs> Young lady, what did he buy?
7: Well, he just bought something for $5. Only
6: $5. Cheapskate. I'll buy Catherine something more expensive than that. Mine. nothing like the true Christmas spirit. All right, Judge. Um, young lady, what did Dr. Olson buy?
7: He went down to the
11: next counter and bought a pair of suspenders. Suspenders? That's easy, Gildy. Now you can buy Catherine a nice pipe.
9: <laughs> <laughs> Is there
11: something I can show you?
9: Hmm,
6: you can show me the way out.
4: The Great Gildersleeve will be right back. Well, Christmas comes but once a year. So who cares if holiday preparations keep you mothers so busy you can't fuss with the old three squares? You can do very well without fussing. For instance, take lunch. You can serve jiffy, quick, and easy pan-fried sandwiches of Kraft's famous cheese food, Velveeta. They're delicious, with Velveeta's grand, rich, yet mild cheddar cheese flavor. And they're nourishing, too, because Velveeta is rich in important food values for milk. It helps supply protein for strong muscles, minerals that help build sound teeth and bones, vitamins needed for normal growth. Yes, Velveeta helps supply many important food values your family should have. To make these wholesome sandwiches, all you do is melt some butter or parquet margarine in a skillet. Then fry the sandwiches till the bread is golden brown on both sides and the Velveeta melting. Easy, aren't they? And so good, you'll serve wholesome pan-fried Velveeta sandwiches often, whether you're in a hurry or not. So keep your refrigerator stocked with a two-pound loaf of Velveeta. Just be sure you get genuine Velveeta when you buy. It's the cheese food of top quality, made only by craft. Well, there's a fancy Christmas package under the tree at Catherine Milford's house from Gildersleeve's rival, Dr. Olson. What's in it? That's what the water commissioner would like to know.
6: Well, whatever it is, I'll get her something better. He may have the edge on me at the hospital, but by George, I'll beat him under the Christmas tree. I'll go all
11: out. Hello, P.V. Hey, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> What can I do for you this afternoon?
6: Well, I'm looking for a Christmas present, Peavy. For a lady. Something extra special. A gift for Miss Milford, is it? You bet. Mm-hmm. That sneaky Dr. Olson bought her something that looks pretty nice. But I'm going to go on one better. Want to get her something so beautiful and so clever, it'll make him look silly. My, my. Yeah. <laughs> any suggestions, Peavy? Well, uh, what does she like? Has she dropped any hints? No. Lately, all she talks about is those little kids she takes care of at the hospital. It must be something clever and original I could get for her, Peavy.
11: Well, how about a year's subscription to Reader's Digest? Ew.
6: <laughs>
11: a year's subscription? Or how about a nice set of scales? Women like to weigh themselves, you know. Peavy, she can weigh herself at the hospital. Does she, uh, like sweetmeats? Meat? Sweet sweetmeats? We have some very attractive boxes of candied prunes. Ew. Quite helpful, too. No, Peavy. How about some musical bath sauce? No. Uh,
6: ballpoint
11: pen? No. Mr. Gellisle, you is rather hard to please. Oh.
6: <laughs> Peavy,
11: I've got to get something
6: different, something original. Now, you've had plenty of experience at this Christmas thing. Mm, that's true. You've been buying Christmas presents for Mrs. Peavy for 20 years.
11: Yes, I have.
6: Well, certainly after all that time, a man should know what it takes to please a woman. Well, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I can see you're going to be of no help at all, Peavy. I'm
11: going back downtown. That's a good idea. Happy shopping, Mr. Gildersleeve. Happy shopping
9: to
6: you. Oh, brother, what a mob in this store. Why does everybody wait till the last minute to buy their Christmas presents? Watch it, madam. <laughs> wonder if Catherine is like an alligator bag. No, I don't think she likes alligators. I don't either. I have to look around some more. Excuse me. Pardon me. Ow, that's my foot, lady.
7: Going up, going
9: up, please.
6: Where's everybody rushing to? Huh? The elevator. Hey, I don't want to get on this elevator. Oh, watch it. Well, I'm in whether I want to be or not.
7: Second floor, phonographs, radios, toys...
6: Out on two, please. Uh, thank you. Might get her a radio. No, everybody has a radio. Have to be more original than that. I'm going to beat that slick intern. Wish I had chairs around here. My feet hurt. i just as well sit on this little red wagon a minute. Uh, well, cute toys up here. Is that you, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, hello, Bertie. What are you doing up here in toys?
11: Oh, I got a lot of little nieces and nephews I have to buy for.
6: Oh, yes.
11: They don't have much, and when I show up on Christmas with my arms full of toys, they think I'm some pumpkin.
6: Yeah, I bet they do, Bertie. Say, what if I showed up with an arm full of toys for those kiddies at the hospital? The ones Mrs. Milford is is so fond of.
8: Them children would think you were some pumpkins, too, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah,
6: I guess they would. What's more, I'd be some punkins with Miss Milford, too. Yes, sir. You bet. There's nothing I could do that would impress her more. By George, this is a great idea we had, Bertie. Clerk, clerk, ah, I want to buy some toys. Oops. What was that?
8: That's the wagon you just bought. <laughs> okay, I'll
6: buy it. And half the toy department, too. Clerk, <laughs> what an idea. So can never top this. I'll walk in on Catherine, pass out these toys to her little kiddies, and tell her this is my Christmas present to her. What can she say except that I'm the greatest guy in the world? The kids will get a kick out of it, too. <laughs> in turn, turn in your suit. Hey, this must be the ward. I see some children there. Well, hello, little children.
10: Hello. Hello. Uh,
6: where's uh, Miss Milford?
10: She'll be back. She went to get orange juice.
6: Oh? Well, I'll just put these packages down here and wait.
10: Are you Santa Claus? Me? Nah, he's not Santa Claus. He hasn't got a white beard. But he's nice and fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he's not Santa Claus. Santa Claus never comes around here.
6: Uh, Now, wait a minute, young fellow. I'm uh, sort of a Santa Claus. I brought all these presents to you children.
10: For us? Honest and truly? Oh, Boy! You see, Stuffy? He is Santa
6: Claus.
10: (laughs) Oh, boy, I gotta come over and see them. Stuffy's lucky. He's in a wheelchair.
6: Oh. Well, I'll bring the presents around your little beds when Miss Milford comes.
10: I want to open mine.
6: Now, wait a minute, Stuffy. You shouldn't open presents until Christmas.
10: I don't want to open mine until Christmas. I just want to dream about what's in them.
6: Uh, That's the idea, little girl.
10: While we're waiting for Miss Milford, will you read us a Christmas story?
6: A Christmas story?
10: That's what she was doing? Yeah, they're in that book.
6: Oh, well, I like stories. I used to read them to my niece and nephew. Let's see what we've got here. Why the Chimes Rang by Raymond MacDonald Alden.
10: I like that one. I don't know it. Well, I've been in the hospital longer than you have.
6: <clears throat> yes, well, let's read it, huh? We don't have much time. Once upon a time, in a faraway country, there was a wonderful church... It stood on a high hill in the midst of a great city. And every Sunday as well as on sacred days like Christmas, thousands of people climbed the hill to its great archways looking like lines of ants all moving in the same direction.
10: I don't allow ants in a hospital. Stop interrupting, Stuffy.
6: Yeah, must listen, Stuffy. <laughs> <laughs> now all the people knew that at the top of the tower was a chime of Christmas bells. They had hung there ever since the church had been built. They were the most beautiful bells in the world. Some described them as sounding like angels far up in the sky. Others as sounding like strange winds singing through the trees. But for many years, they had never been heard.
10: Why didn't the bells ring?
6: Well, we're coming to that, I guess. It was said that people had been growing less careful of their gifts for the Christ child, that no offering was brought which was fine enough to deserve the music of the child. Every Christmas Eve, people still crowded to the altar, each one trying to bring some gift better than any other. Why do they do that? Well, for personal reasons, I guess. They were trying to make a big impression.
10: Oh. Mm -hmm.
6: Now, where were we? Oh, yes. Now, a number of miles from the city, in a little country village, lived a boy named Pedro and his little brother. They had heard of the service in the church on Christmas Eve and planned to go see the beautiful celebration. Nobody can guess little brother Pedro would say all the fine things there are to see and hear. And I've even heard it said that the Christ child sometimes comes down to bless the service. What if we should see him? The day before Christmas, Pedro and little brother were able to slip away quietly, and although the walking was hard in the frosty air, before nightfall they had trudged so far, hand in hand, that they saw the lights of the big city just ahead of them. They were about to enter one of the great gates in the wall that surrounded it, And they saw something dark on the snow near their path. And they stepped aside to look at it. What was it? Well, let's see. There by the path was a poor woman who had fallen in the snow. Too sick and tired to get in where she might have found shelter. Oh. Pedro knelt down beside her. You will have to go on alone, little brother, he said. Alone, cried little brother. But you will not see the Christmas festival. No," said, Pedro and he could not keep back a bit of a choking sound in his throat. See this poor woman? Her face looks like the Madonna in the chapel window, and she'll freeze to death if nobody cares for her. But I can't bear to leave you and go on alone, said little brother. Both of us need not miss the service, said Pedro, and it had better be I than you. You can easily find your way to the church, and you must see and hear everything twice, little brother, once for you and once for me. And oh... If you get a chance, little brother, to slip up to the altar without getting in anybody's way, take this little silver piece of mine and lay it down for my offering when no one is looking. In this way, he hurried little brother off to the city and winked hard to keep back the tears as he heard the crunching footsteps sounding farther and farther away in the twilight. The great church was wonderful that night. When the organ played and the thousands of people sang, the walls shook with the sound, and little Pedro, way outside the city wall, felt the earth tremble around him. At the close of the service came the procession for the offerings to be laid on the altar. Rich men and great men marched proudly up to lay down their gifts to the Christ child. Some brought wonderful jewels. Some brought baskets of gold but the chimes did not ring. And last of all came the king of the country, hoping with all the rest to win for himself the chime of the Christmas bells. There went a great murmur through the church as the people saw the king take from his head the royal crown, all set with precious stones, and lay it gleaming on the altar as his offering to the holy child. Surely, everyone said, we shall hear the bells now, for nothing like this has ever happened before. But still, only the cold old wind was heard in the tower, and the people shook their heads, and some of them said, as they had said before, that they never really believed the story of the chimes, and doubted if they ever rang at all. Suddenly everyone looked at the old minister, who was standing by the altar, holding up his hand for silence. Not a sound could be heard from anyone in the church, but as all the people strained their ears to listen, there came softly but distinctly swinging through the air, the sound of the chimes in the tower. So far away and yet so clear the music seemed, so much sweeter were the notes than anything that had been heard before, rising and falling away up there in the sky, That the people in the church sat for a moment as still as though something held each of them by the shoulders. And they all stood up together and stared straight at the altar to see what great gift had awakened the long, silent bell But all that the nearest of them saw was the childish figure of little brother, who had crept softly down the aisle when no one was looking and had laid Pedro's little piece of silver on the altar.
10: That's a wonderful story. Why did the bells ring when little brother laid the piece of silver on the altar? Well, then... Why didn't they ring when the great men brought jewels and things?
6: Well, like the book said, each one was trying to bring some gift better than any other. Those men were trying to outdo each other. While little Pedro gave out of the goodness of his heart. He didn't have an ulterior motive.
10: What's an ulterior motive?
6: Well, I guess that's what I had when I came here.
10: That's Miss Milford coming. It is? Yeah.
6: Well, uh, I guess I'll be going.
10: Aren't you going to wait and see our nurse? Where are you going, Mister?
6: Well, I think I'll sneak out this side door.
10: But how do you know who brought the presents?
6: Well, that's not important anymore. Merry Christmas.
10: Thanks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
6: Tiptoe down the back stairs. Five o'clock. I didn't know the hospital had chimes.
4: Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. The show was written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Jack Meakin. In addition to our regular cast, you heard Ann Whitfield and Stuffy Singer as the children in the hospital. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you each week by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous cheese food Velveeta, and the complete line of Kraft quality food products.
6: Here's a suggestion for Christmas time or any (laughs) time. Begin now to save for a happier future with the regular purchase of United States savings bonds. Automatic purchase plans that make saving painless are available to you either where you work or where you bank. Ask about them. Three dollars invested now will get you four when the bonds mature. Or you can cash your bonds any time after 60 days and get back every cent you put in plus accrued interest. Be happy tomorrow because you were wise today. Buy United States savings bonds regularly. Good night, folks. See you next week.
0: Didn't I tell you that was a really great episode, a really great Christmas episode. And the very first time that storyline was done, you just heard it from December 14th of 1949, The Great Gildersleeve and the Christmas Chime Story. You'll hear it again in future shows when the great Willard Waterman will be doing his version. And he did several different versions of that same Christmas story. As I say, this was a traditional show on the Great Gildersleeve every Christmas, and they did it again and again. They just didn't play the same show. They actually redid the show. They changed the jokes. Uh, They changed a few things here and there, but mainly it was the same storyline. Well, anyway, there you have from December 14th of 1949, and I kind of like that. Well, you know, yeah. You hear something now? Yeah, you hear in the background, you hear our, you know, how we have a house singer? Well, we have a house orchestra leader, and that is the great Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason, our orchestra leader, plays our theme, the Melancholy Serenade, at the beginning of every one of our Sounds Like Radio shows. And now we have Jackie Gleason with us again, conducting the orchestra with his version of I'll Be Home for Christmas. Nobody does it better than the great Jackie Gleason. And that gets me in the mood to hear the great Dean Martin and his version of I'll Be Home for Christmas. Now, last time we played this song with Dean singing it, we had Scarlett Johansson joining him. But today, Dean's on his own. And here he is. Thank you, Dean. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure that situation is common to a lot of us. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams, the great Dean Martin. Now remember in a previous show we had Scarlett Johansson joining Dean Martin, and I liked that version, but I thought this year we'd hear Dean sing it all by himself, and I like that one too. Ah, yes, you know, at Christmas time, if you listen real close, you can hear the bells. I think Karen Carpenter knows just what I'm talking about. Here are the Carpenters.
13: I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and while I thought
0: That's the way to hear it sung. The great Karen Carpenter and the Carpenters. What a beautiful voice she had, just perfect for that kind of song. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, and I just heard the Carpenters singing it for you. Well, we got a a little rambunctious song here now, uh, sung by a, a sort of a rambunctious kind of a guy. He's kind of funny, and I always love it when he comes on the radio show here with the Christmas song. Sometimes he sings us a serious song, but today we had him on to sing a rather light-hearted song, a song all of us kids. Now this song, as a kid, this is the song I most associated with Christmas. We sang it together in the classrooms. Oh, it was our favorite song to sing. It is Tennessee Ernie Ford to sing Jingle Bells. And the kids, <laughs> they're here too.
14: Sing through the snow through In the a snow, one-horse open sleigh, horse open sleigh. The go, O'er the fields we go laughing all, all the way Bells on bobtail rings Making spirits bright What fun bright it is to, to ride, and, ride sing and sing A sleighing today. song tonight Jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride In a one-horse open sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells
0: Jingle, jingle,
14: well, jingle, come on, young, Let's all jingle. of us get on the sleigh now. We're going after to Grandma's. We're just all going out there and eat, and eat and There'll be a big turkey and bowls of gravy and corn on the cob and Grandpa and everybody's gonna get fat and mm, 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 mm But won't we love? Jingle, jingle, jingle,
0: jingle all the way. Hey, jingle, jingle, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Hey. Uh, 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 uh. I got carried away <laughs> with all them Christmas kids joining in on our song. Oh, man, as a kid, we just loved to sing that song in the classroom with all the other kids. We'd sing it out loud because that was one song we all knew the words to. We <laughs> I hope kids today can still join in and sing that song together because it really does create some fine memories and it'd be a real shame if that song wasn't sung anymore i do mean a real shame well friends we have a a nice looking lady she's stopping by you know this is one of my favorite lady singers we hear her all through the year and she comes on the show and i always remark what a great singing voice she has because she can hold a note better than any other singer I know. I'm talking about Joe Stafford, and she's here now to get cozy with us because she's sitting by the fireside and she's beckoning me over. Oh, Joe, oh, oh, I can't resist. Here is the great Joe Stafford, and by the fireside.
1: In the gloaming, by the fireside, with you I'll be content. In the gloaming, by the fireside, every hour will be well spent. We'll see our hopes and dreams, dear, like pictures in the fire. Finding in its gleams dear Our hearts desire In an armchair by the fireside Just big enough for two We'll be happy, oh so happy While we do as lovers do, with no one there to notice a little kiss or two, in the gloaming by the fireside with you. no one there to notice a little kiss or two in the gloaming by the fireside with you in the gloaming by the fireside
0: nice and warm here too in the gloomin <laughs> by the fireside i don't know gloomin what does that mean glowing glowing you know fireside glows maybe that's what gloomin means i'm gonna have to ask joe some other day what gloomin means you know she's already she's already left the studio you know she sings her song and out she bolts right through the dough she's gone uh, someday though i'm gonna ask her what does gloomin mean in the gloomin by the fireside in the gloomin Oh, I don't know. I can't figure that one. We're gonna have to think about it. Well, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, and that's the song you're hearing played on that great organ here from Jimmy McGriff. Well, it brings mind a little thing about Santa Claus. You know, when he comes, he always gives them presents out, and sometimes you ever th- consider. Wouldn't it be great to give a Christmas present to Santa? Or, you know, he shows up in the house and then you pop out from the room and you say, Santa Claus, I've been waiting for you. Here is a Christmas present just for you. I bet you Rosemary Clooney must have done this because here she is to sing all about it. It's Let's Give a Christmas Present to Santa Claus, and here is. Rosemary Clooney, direct from the movie White Christmas.
15: Let's give a Christmas present to Santa Claus Because we love him so And what would you suggest to please dear Santa best. Since he owns most every toy, what do you think would give him joy? Let's give a Christmas present to Santa Claus, because he's kind and good. Last night when the world was still, I dreamed he sat on my windowsill and said the Christmas gift I'm hoping for for is peace and love on earth forevermore.
2: Let's give a Christmas present to Santa Claus
15: because we love him so
2: and what would you
3: suggest to please dear Sam?
15: Christmas present to Santa Claus, Claus, because because he's he's kind and good. Late last night when the world was still, I dreamed he sat on my windowsill and said the Christmas gift I'm hoping hoping for. Is peace and love on earth forevermore, is peace and love.
0: Good, the humble, <laughs> the humble host singers backing up Rosemary Clooney. You know, when you hear Rosemary Clooney, you know it's Christmas time because that's the time when you watch White Christmas, the great movie. And, oh, White Christmas. You know, that's one song we haven't heard yet. i got to call back our house singer. Get back in here, Bing. Come on, would you please, won't you please sing us, won't you, won't you, won't you, won't you sing us at White Christmas, huh?
2: You don't have to prod me to sing this lovely song. I never cease to enjoy singing it. So then, White Christmas.
0: so true no one sings that song like the great Bing Crosby wow he made that song his own didn't he and that particular version was just perfect I love it thank you great Bing Crosby our house singer for showing up here and singing our very favorite Christmas song of all well friends that's just about gonna do it here on Sounds Like Radio's Christmas edition. We heard the December 14th, 1949 the very beginning of a new tradition of a storyline called the Christmas Chimes. We heard the first of it today and Harold Perry did it for us. Thank you all from the Great Gildersleeve Show. We also want to thank you for joining us on these very special Christmas editions of Sounds Like Radio. We try to feature some of the very best Christmas music And I hope you enjoyed it. Well, friends, until next time, then, I am your humble host saying so long for now. And, of course, Merry Christmas.